Gotham Sound is your one-stop audio solution for microphones, mixers, recorders, podcasting, and wireless. Whether you're looking to rent or buy sound equipment, are working at a church, feature film, a television show, podcast, theater, or a student project, Gotham Sound is here to serve you. With a huge selection of new and used gear, it's your first stop before you buy. Gotham Sound has the pro audio you need to make your project sound true professional. Gotham has been around for 18 years perfecting pro audio. Visit us at GothamSound.com. Tribe Signs was designed in 2010. We started operations as home and office solutions specialists and have since established ourselves as a trusted brand all over the world. We have worked with some of the world's best designers and manufacturers to bring a curated selection of beautiful furniture to thousands of happy customers across America. Visit us at tribesigns.com. It's the Messiah Community Radio Talk Show. This is Michael James Lauren, your host. Patrick Prill is our special guest. His book, Things Atheists Say That Simply Make No Sense. It's a topic we haven't covered. We're glad to have him on the program. Welcome. Well, it's great to be with you. Our sponsors with over 90 years experience in developing audio electronics. Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailored solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand. From headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north-america.bayer.com dynamic.com and by vocal booth to go carries a complete line of products and accessories specifically designed for voiceover actors audio professionals podcasters producers and studio owners to help them get professional results for their clients it's your go-to place for sound treatment soundproofing portable and mobile vocal booths visit vocalboothtogo.com for more information and Oralex Acoustics has one mission to make you sound your best. Thousands of satisfied Oralex customers have experienced improved acoustics along with free expert advice, total sound control products from Oralex. Enjoy widespread use among prominent artists, producers, engineers, and corporations worldwide. Remember, it's not your gear, it's the room. Visit Oralex.com for more information. And great audio starts with great gear. And Zoom's 30-year reputation promises quality and affordability. Visit zoom-na.com today for recorders, audio interfaces, effects pedals, and more. We're Zoom, and we're for creators. There are atheists everywhere. I mean, literally. It seems like, you know, we talk about Christians, we talk about all different religions, but it seems like they get a pass, atheists, to say, or maybe it's more intellectual to say, I'm an atheist. What made you write this book, and what is your special sensitivity toward atheists? Well, the reason I, I felt drawn to the subject is that my kids were basically experiencing all of these subjects in high school. Uh, not that the schools were teaching it, but their friends were bringing it into their lives. So as an example, one of my daughter's friends you know, contended that God does not exist, therefore there is no right or wrong, which is a pretty interesting statement for a mm. 15, 16 year old girl at the time. And then one of my son's friends was inviting him to the Reason Rally in Washington, DC, which is you know, featuring Richard Dawkins and a variety of other leading atheists. 
So I saw this not just being a thing out there affecting other people, but I saw it as, I guess, a phenomenon that was affecting my family. Mm. So that gave me the first impetus to really dig into the subject. And then as I did start reading all of these atheists and, and to find out what they were really saying, I truly was shocked that so many of the things that they say are either wrong, illogical, based upon very, very little information or data. And in many cases, they're just absolute nonsense. You think about all the people that say, now, come on, Patrick, you know, be an open thinker, be more flexible with all this. Uh, and you see all these intellectuals that will get to, you've mentioned in your book that since they think there's no God or they don't believe in the presence of God, then, you know, they have science on their side, so to speak, you know? Uh, what is your biggest frustration with someone who's an atheist? I think that the only frustration I have is with the atheists that are hardened, that don't want to have a real conversation. And fortunately, I find that a lot of people who don't believe in God are willing to have the conversation. And I find that they are willing to engage with ideas. So those are not the atheists that I feel any frustration with. It's really those, the, the aggressive, hard, almost militant atheists that are trying to advance an agenda, but not doing it in a really, I, I guess, a, a genuine search for truth. It's more of a, I want to slam my ideas into your brain, which is not, not a particularly uh, appealing approach to me. Yeah. I remember Billy Graham, he was very adamant. He said, and he's always very nice, you know, Dr. Billy Graham, but he mentioned and quoting from the Bible, he said, the fool, the way, only the way he could say it, the fool uh, believes that there is no God uh, coming from scripture, of course. But it seems like, of course, in society, we have it the other way around. People seem unintellectual if you're a Christian, if you're a believer in Jesus, and it's more in to say, just for people who don't know anything, what is an atheist? That, that's a great question today, because atheism is not necessarily an absence of belief in God, you know, because that would include agnostics. That would include people who are genuinely searching, seeking to try to understand the subject. Generally call atheists are people who would self-identify as atheists. And that's actually only about three or 4% of the U.S. population. And roughly 90% of the U.S. population does, in fact, believe in God. But the frightening trend to me is, and this is based upon a Gallup poll that came out a few years ago, and Gallup showed that in 2005, 79% of Americans were convinced that God exists. And that's a pretty solid number. But only 12 years later, in 2017, that number had dropped from 79% to 64%, which is a significant erosion of confidence. And as I was pondering it, I thought, wow, I don't think that there's any coincidence that Richard Dawkins came out with the God delusion in 2006, that Christopher Hitchens came out with God is not great in 2007, that Sam Harris came out to letter the Christian nation in 2008. And the new atheism by uh, Victor Steiner came out in 2009. And, and then the grand design came out in 2010 by Stephen Hawking. And there has been this rapid uh, series of major atheist works coming out from 2006 to, to just very recently. And it's a different type of atheism. 
it's a very aggressive, very, in many cases, condescending mm. type of atheism. And, it, and I think it has rattled many people's confidence in God. It hasn't displaced their belief in God, but I think it has eroded their confidence. And this is what I think that, that we Christians in America really need to be tuning into, that we need to stand up and speak truth intellectually speak truth, because if God does exist, and we thoroughly believe that to be the case, that is not merely a blind faith exercise. That's an exercise in faith based upon reason and evidence. Mm. And we need to be saying that. And you may have, uh, those that are listening here, you know, a a son, a daughter, or you or yourself, you know, who doesn't believe, or uh, you could be an atheist. We're going to be right back with Patrick Prill, who wrote the book, Things Atheists Say That Simply Make No Sense. There's a new breed of atheist in town, he says. They're intelligent, vocal, sometimes very aggressive. And uh, what can we do about it? Well, we could witness the gospel. We'll be right back right after this. Start your fragrance line and make money with bostonperfumery.com. Design custom cologne or perfume using natural ingredients. Imagine 10% butterscotch, 20% sandalwood, and 70% vanilla dark. Choose any scents and any percentage from the Boston Perfumery Sun Chart, then name your custom fragrance. Visit bostonperfumery.com. Again, bostonperfumery.com. Everyone deserves a signature scent. Ocaso builds high-quality, extremely affordable action cameras that enable our customers to capture dynamic moments in life and share their world of difference. In less than nine years, Ocaso has become one of the leading action camera brands worldwide with sales of over a half million units annually. There's a world out there to explore and enjoy while capturing every thrilling experience. Ocaso's mission is to inspire and empower more people to join, enjoy, capture, and share the fun of exciting outdoor sports visit acasotech.com okay we're back with patrick prill he has a book called things atheists say that simply make no sense when you put this together your book were there more things that didn't make sense than than you thought and just give us a few that come to mind yes actually i only included about 36 things and i i have a list of over 50 and i'm still developing more so it's not a short list at all there are so many of them. Um, I think one that we've all probably heard over and over and over again, uh, George Carlin used to bring it up in his comedy routines. And I see it in so many atheist books and websites, you know, the classic comment of more wars are fought in the name of religion than anything else. Mm. And I thought, wow, well, if, if that's true, that's pretty easy to figure out. You know, if, if that's a false statement or a true statement. And I thought, well, you know, if war is fought because of religion and religion causes people to be, I guess, evil to one another, you know, we should see some semblance of that in American society because if 90% of people in America believe in God, then we should see that in our everyday lives. So I took a look at the 2013 FBI National Crime Report under violent crime. And there were about 1.1 million violent crimes in America. And I thought it was interesting that only one-tenth of 1% had anything to do with religious bias. And, and then I thought, well, maybe we should see you know, some evidence of this in American wars. And of the roughly 14 American wars that have been fought, seven-tenths of 1% of all war deaths 
had anything to do with religion and the only one war of the 14, and that was the war on terror. So these claims can't be borne out by anything that we would even remotely resemble or call to be a fact. There's no fact to it. It's just an urban legend that's taken root. It's amazing how many intellectuals, though, and you mentioned a lot of them in your book, that they just don't believe in the existence of God, yet God gave these people a bigger brain than half the people, you know, in history just about. So what, what do you think happens when you have you studied these people when you when you look at them and you wonder you maybe even personally how they get to that conclusion that, you know, uh, there's no existence of God? I have. And I think that the big trend that happened actually started in the mid 1800s through the end of the end of the 1800s. And that's where scientific materialism really took root. The twin ideas of scientific reductionism, which is basically that, you know, complex things come from simple things. So that's where the idea, you know, evolution comes from. And then the second is, is the idea of the conservation of matter and energy. So these two big ideas took root and by combining them, Uh, the scientific community basically reached the conclusion that there's no need for God. We would now call this naturalism. And naturalism has basically permeated our schools. It's permeated the universities to the point that you don't hear any contrary ideas other than nature is its own cause. Nature can explain everything within nature. But the absurdity of the comment to me is, I think, evidenced by I'll use Stephen Hawking as the example. You know, brilliant guy, PhD, many, many books, all kinds of accolades for his knowledge of physics. You know, but he basically claims that the universe had to create itself from nothing spontaneously because of the existence of gravity. It's absolutely nonsensical. And if there's nothing, there's no necessity for it to spontaneously generate itself. And then he does actually say that gravity preceded it. So I'm going at every single level, his comment makes no sense, but yet that's the best thing that he can come up with to explain the existence of the universe. Patrick, do you think it's just, you know, the intelligence of God that people can't fathom it? I mean, because you look at the the psalmists and uh, others in the Bible, you know, they, they marveled at the intelligence of God, you know, the, the knowledge of God and what he knows uh, that he's almighty. And I think that somehow we make God very small, don't we? We think that he has to be down to our intelligence level, but perhaps they're intimidated by the intelligence of God and uh, categorically say there is no existence of God. And do you think it, the good versus evil, uh, where people see that or are confused by that, and they maybe lose faith in God? I mean, that's a common in the, in the scriptures. They don't, uh, their hearts get hardened because of that. It is. That's a big thing. And and I think that's probably the second thing that took root is after naturalism, you had the whole post-World War I and World War II generation that saw all of the needless death, the destruction, the evil. And then their obvious question was, how could God have allowed that? If God exists, how could Hitler have been allowed to, to execute 10 million people, 6 million of them Jews? How could all this brutality and evil exist if God exists? And that's a legitimate question. And there are legitimate answers. But I think what happens is people basically shut off 
the possible answers to the question because they're so deeply troubled by the, the pain and evil and suffering in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Patrick Prill is our special guest. He's the author of the book, Things Atheists Say That Simply Make No Sense. And I like the way that you're fair about addressing it. You've done your research, of course, and uh, the back of the book by Jim Daly, the president of Focus on the Family. He says, those of us committed to carrying out the Great Commission often find ourselves confounded by the atheistic views that are so prevalent across the culture. And how can we introduce Jesus to someone who's convinced there is no God? And of course, Patrick Prill has uh, adeptly answered that question, laying out most common objections. And we're going to be right back with more right after this. Tribe Signs was designed in 2010. We started operations as home and office solutions specialists and have since established ourselves as a trusted brand all over the world. We have worked with some of the world's best designers and manufacturers to bring a curated selection of beautiful furniture to thousands of happy customers across America. Visit us at tribesigns.com. Sennheiser has been continuously setting trends in the audio industry. Wherever people care passionately about recording, transmitting, or playing sound, Sennheiser will be there. Artists, disc jockeys, scientists, sound technicians, or demanding music lovers, the Sennheiser name always stands for premium products, headphones, microphones, and all-around audio solutions. The ultimate in sound quality. Sennheiser. Okay, back with Patrick Prill and his book, Things Atheists Say. You seem like such a mild-mannered, nice man. You ever get mad? You ever lose your patience? I mean, when you, a lot of times Christians lose their patience when they talk to an atheist. I, I actually very rarely lose my patience um, in talking about these subjects because what I find is that if someone is honest, they will kindly, patiently engage with you. And if people don't want to hear, they storm off. So you, it, they don't give you time to be angry at them. <laughs> now, you, you, if you had to categorize just briefly different chapters, take us through uh, in a nutshell, if you will, with your book, Things Atheists Say, on a little tour. Tell us about your book. Well, I start off by giving a variety of things that atheists say about the universe and life. And those, those are things like the universe looks designed, but it's not. That's something that Stephen Hawking said. We touched on that one. Uh, Richard Dawkins said something similar. You know, life looks designed, but it's not. I start off by looking at the universe and life. Then I, I dig into a number of things that they say about God. And, you know, all the way from Friedrich Nietzsche not wanting, you know, any accountability to God. And then Thomas Nagel, who is a professor at NYU, saying that he doesn't want God to exist to a variety of those type of subjects. Then we, we move into morality and purpose. Then what atheists say about people who do believe in God. And many of these things are kind of condescending. And, and I think what they try to do is basically create the notion of if you're really smart, you're not going to believe in God. And only people who are not so intelligent do, uh, which is absolutely not the case. And then we move to knowledge, free will, self religion. And then I dig into a number of things that they say about Christianity and then finally death. And, uh, and then we give uh, the stories of 10 people who were atheists who changed their minds. And the thing I was so fascinated by in reading about them and summarizing their stories is there were so many different reasons why they had become atheists 
and so many reasons, basically the why they changed their minds. And I thought to it was indicative of the fact that you really need to to understand people's stories before you talk to them, mm. because you know you may assume that they're rebelling against God, but in fact they're not. They, you know they may have just been taught naturalism as a child, or you may assume you know that they have a problem with pain and suffering in the world, but it's not. It's something else. And um, I just thought it was fascinating to learn all their stories and the number of reasons why they changed their minds. It's interesting because I don't think that we're prepared as Christians enough to talk to an atheist. And that's why your book is so special. Things atheists say that simply make no sense. It seems like we kind of default to come to know things about the Bible, of course, that are true. But do you believe there should be sensitivity training to talk to an atheist? I think there should be sensitivity training to talk to anyone. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's just the the basic idea of you, you, people want to be heard, people want to be respected, and people want to be valued. And if we can't have a conversation with another person without truly hearing them, you know, then we're just talking at them and that's insulting to them. And if they don't feel like we really value them, then all we're trying to do is force an agenda upon them. You know, but when people understand that we truly do hear them, value them, that we want to engage with them, but we genuinely care about them. You know, it's pretty easy to have a conversation and they'll listen. They will listen. So if I had to put you on the spot, which I am, but you can, you could say no if you want, but you know, uh, Patrick Prill, our special guest, things atheists say that simply make no sense. Uh, the author of the book. So if I put you on the spot and we did like a little role play, uh, and I'm an atheist and you're meeting me at Starbucks per se, uh, how would the conversation sound? I would really start off by asking them about their story. It's like, how did you reach the conclusion uh, of atheism? Why do you believe it to be true? And hear them understand, you know, what their personal story was and what their what their reasoning was. Because then I know what to say. But if I don't know the starting point, I can't get somebody from point A to point B if I don't know where point A is. Are you going to have a workbook, a video? Uh, what other things uh, are you working on? Well, I do have a website. Uh, coincidentally called Things Atheists Say that simply make no sense. Um, <laughs> it's thingsatheistsay.com. And I continue to post new comments made by atheists on that site as a blog about every two or three weeks. The way I would characterize the book itself is it's sort of like the cliff notes of 36 things that you would frequently hear atheists say and how to respond to it. You know, it crystallizes the response so that you don't have to go off and read, you know, 200 books and simplifies it, but it doesn't dumb it down. And I try to keep it engaging and very, very conversational because you want to be able to convey these ideas to somebody in a conversational tone. So I try to give them to you in a conversational tone. Yeah. And you've succeeded the, um, you know, but what I love about the book is that, you know, you're trying to get through to people that are, are angry uh, hardened. And it seems like there's an underlying kind of rebelliousness, either way that you slice it, as far as not wanting, I don't know, suppressing the knowledge of the truth, right? That you would want uh, Jesus to be Lord over your life, you know, somewhere that's behind all that, where the chapter here, all religion is man-made, uh, mm-hmm. miracles can happen. So, you know, you could, you could sense that it's kind of like, um, I don't know, almost like uh, doubting Thomas, that unless I touch his side 
unless I uh, see the nail prints, you know, I will not believe. And uh, so you're right. There is like that door. It seems like in order to come to Jesus, he takes you to that place where you kind of like take flight and you either believe in the miracles and come to the knowledge of Christ or you just remain hardened. Yeah. And I think that if, if we really accurately represent Jesus well, we present Jesus as the historical person that he was. And there's a, a variety of different you know, historical sources that are not Christian that confirm his existence, that confirm his morality, that confirm the reported miracles, that, con- that confirm the reports of his resurrection. You know, if we start with that and then start showing them who Jesus is, the remarkable thing to me about the gospels when you read them for the first time is you are so struck by this person and you are just so amazed by his qualities, by his morality, his purity, by his wisdom, that you're going, there is no way on the planet that an uneducated first century Jewish carpenter from the sticks in Galilee could have come up with this. This guy is God. And you reach that conclusion by reading the gospels. And I think that a lot of times we get in the way, you know, they see us instead of seeing Jesus, Mm. they see our denominations, they see, you know, failed church leaders, they see, you know, the, I guess the TBN, sorry about that, the, the abuses and excesses of the past, you know, and, and all of those things basically get in the way of them seeing Jesus. So I think one of the best things that we can do is obviously you have to understand their stories. Obviously, you need to respond to their legitimate questions. But the biggest thing is clearly represent, clearly show who Jesus really is. And it's mm. it's really difficult not to be blown away by Jesus when Jesus is accurately and fairly presented. That's right. Patrick Prill, he's been our special guest and advocate for theism, and he has a uh, MA in theology also in church history from Gordon Conwell. Would you please lead us in prayer, Patrick? And, uh, you know, we all through the scriptures, it's about people who, you know, don't believe perhaps at first and uh, God reaching into their hardened hearts and giving them a heart for God. Uh, upon believing in Christ. But if you lead us in prayer, we appreciate that. And once again, we appreciate being on the program. Absolutely. Father God, we pray that you would give us uh, a genuine love and compassion for people who don't yet know you. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to be willing to invest our lives, uh, to share truth with them. We pray that you would help us to equip ourselves uh, with the gospel and also with with reason, Lord. Help us to equip ourselves to, to share the truth with others. And we pray, Lord, for opportunities. We pray, Lord, that you would give us opportunities to talk to people, um, to engage with them, to share with them, Lord. And we pray that you would soften hearts, Father God, that you would take any spiritual blindness away and that you would cause people to be genuinely open and receptive. And Lord, we, as we talk and as we share the truth, Lord, we pray that that you through the Holy Spirit would just do an incredible work in people's lives for Jesus' glory. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Patrick Perrell. Once again, the book, Things Atheists Say. Thank you again for being on the program. Thank you. Our sponsors with over 90 years experience in developing audio electronics. Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. 
Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailored solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand, from headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north-america.beardynamic.com. And by Vocal Booth to Go carries a complete line of products and accessories specifically designed for voiceover actors, audio professionals, podcasters, producers, and studio owners to help them get professional results for their clients. It's your go-to place for sound treatment, soundproofing, portable, and mobile vocal booths. Visit vocalboothtogo.com for more information. And Oralex Acoustics has one mission, to make you sound your best. Thousands of satisfied Oralex customers have experienced improved acoustics, along with free expert advice. Total sound control products from Oralex enjoy widespread use among prominent artists, producers, engineers, and corporations worldwide. Remember, it's not your gear, it's the room. Visit Oralex.com for more information. And great audio starts with great gear. And Zoom's 30-year reputation promises quality and affordability. Visit zoom-na.com today for recorders, audio interfaces, effects pedals, and more. We're Zoom, and we're for creators.